and welcome back to the Bears Rant Podcast. I am your host, Ken Marshall. To quote anchorman Ron Burgundy, I'm in a glass case of emotion. More on that in a few minutes, but first let's do a quick recap of this week's game. First off, the Bears are 3-0, which I did not predict. I predicted them to go 2-1. I did predict, however, that the Bears would hold the Falcons to under 30 points, and that's about where my being right ends. So let's quickly walk through the keys to this game. I said the Falcons struggled to run the ball, that this could be an opportunity for the Bears to get well on defense against the run. That did not pan out. In fact, this could be a serious problem. The Falcons averaged 3.4 yards per carry coming into this game. The Bears had been giving up 4.2, but against these hapless Falcons, they gave up 5.76 yards per carry against a Todd Gurley who's a shadow of his former self. Not good. They have to get this straightened out right away. Otherwise, it, they could be in for a long, long season against good teams. I also said that Matt Ryan loved to pass the ball. He was completing 67% of his passes coming into this game and that they had four really good pass catchers. Well, first of all, Julio Jones didn't even play, so they were down one guy. Their number three receiver went down during the game, so they were down to their number two receiver and their top tight end. In fact, the Bears actually did pretty well against the pass this week. They held Ryan to 48.7% completion rate. The problem for the Bears on defense was that they gave up too many big plays, both in the passing game and in the running game. They gave up uh, a very long play to Ridley to start the game that led to a TD a few plays later, and then a very long run to Brian Hill for a touchdown. So not good. They've got to clean up those things if they want to be in the conversation as one of the top defenses in the league. Let's switch over to offense where I said the Bears should have had a field day in the passing game. The Falcons were giving up 77.4% completion rate, whereas the Bears were only able to manage as a team 56.9% against the Falcons. That's on both quarterbacks. Trubisky completed 59.1%, Foles only 552 Granted, Foles had not gotten any practice reps really right since the training camp battle. So he started out rough. He threw what could have been three interceptions before he got that first touchdown. The first one you know about, right? The one to Robinson in the end zone that was ruled a touchdown but taken away. I agree with the call, by the way. Robinson didn't have any part of his body down when he had control of the ball last. By the time any part of his body came down, he'd already lost control. The defender was lying on his back with the ball in his chest, hands around it. It's an interception. The second should have been touchdown was when he rolled left and threw to Jimmy Graham. I'm talking about the one where Graham caught it, fumbled, Miller recovered, fumbled, and then recovered again. It went through the hands of a defender who got knocked off course by a linebacker to prevent him from getting his interception. So that was number two. Number three was a pass in the end zone intended for Jimmy Graham that again went through the hands of the defender and Jimmy actually dropped that one. Finally, I said Robinson, Miller, and Graham had to each step up in a big way to help out the team this week. Well, Robinson did his share. He caught 10 of 13 targets and a touchdown, but let another touchdown be taken away from him, so not all good things there. Improvement, but he's got to work on those 50-50 skills. Miller caught only 2 of 5 and a touchdown, but he dropped the second touchdown, so he's struggling still. And then finally, Jimmy Graham caught, caught 6 of 10 for two touchdowns. 
but he didn't help his quarterback on that interception. Now, I've read and watched a lot of video on this over the past few days to understand the problem there. First of all, yes, Mitch made the wrong uh, decision. He should have thrown the, the, uh, the dagger route to Robinson behind Graham, but given that he did throw it to Graham, Graham didn't do his quarterback any favors. He should have prevented the defender from coming across his face in order to make that interception. So while, yes, Trubisky absolutely made the wrong call, that should not have ended up as an interception. That goes on both players, himself and the receiver. Okay, so let's talk about this quarterback change. What does it mean now and going forward? So first of all, I believe that that Nagy really wanted Foles to win the competition out of camp, but he just didn't have enough time, right? He was late getting in because of COVID, uh, getting to meet his, play, his players and working with them. They didn't have any preseason games. So with that all in mind, uh, Mitch clearly knew the players better. Uh, and since Foles didn't outshine him in those practices, he stuck with the incumbent. Now I knew, and I think we all knew, that Mitch had a short leash, but I didn't think it was that short. Uh, I thought he would be given probably three full games to uh, establish himself in one way or the other. Uh, that if he'd gotten pulled, it would have been after the third game and that the Bears would have a losing record. But here they are, 3-0, 2-0 going into that game. And up into that interception, while Mitch wasn't doing great, he wasn't making that critical mistake uh, and creating a turnover. So it was a little surprising to see him pulled, given that in the first game, he'd been given the opportunity to uh, make that comeback made the comeback and in the second game you know he had the two interceptions which again were I think on on both players but uh, it was at a time when they were leading so he couldn't pull them then so when you get into this game he was struggling in the first half they weren't completing third downs he missed and I think this is the cardinal error more so than the interception he missed Miller deep at the end of the half. In Nagy's mindset, that's a bigger sin than throwing the interception. And I think that's the real reason why he was pulled. They just needed a more, I'll say, user-friendly reason why, right? You can't pull a guy because he missed a guy deep. You can pull a guy because he threw an interception and got a turnover when you were down multiple scores. So where do we go from here? And that's why I'm in the glass case of emotion. You know, I hope Nick Foles does well. But if we look at his history, he's never started more than 11 games. And there's 13 left in the season. So is he finally going to get over that hurdle? The last time he started more double-digit games was 2015. That's a long time ago in football years. So I don't have a lot of confidence in that. So we probably are going to see Mitch again. But it's probably short-term because he's probably not going to be back with the team next year, regardless of what happens with Foles. Whether Foles succeeds or fails, Mitch is probably gone. I think that was in the cards when they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, similar to when it was with Fuller uh, when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. But Kyle Fuller came out and had a stellar year earning a long-term deal with the Bears. And Mitch clearly isn't doing that. So my first problem is that means that we're starting over again at quarterback. 
even if Foles does well and plays great and plays those 13 games and we go to the playoffs and we win the Super Bowl, whatever, you have to get another quarterback. So that means you're committing more draft resources to the quarterback position because you can't afford to go out and pay another high-priced veteran when you already have so much money spent in other high-priced veterans. And that's why I have a lot more problems emotionally with this team. But let's back up a second because, yes, I absolutely want this to work out. Uh, whether it's Foles or Trubisky coming back in whatever form, I want them to be successful this year and make the playoffs. And the reason is I want this offensive scheme to stay. I think it's the best one going in the league. Kansas City runs it, Philadelphia runs it, and the Colts run it. All teams that run it score a lot of points. If you look over at the Chiefs over the course of Andy Reid's career there, they scored 27 points a game with this system. The Eagles with Doug Peterson, who was a disciple of Reid, scores 25 points a game with this system. And the Colts, who have Frank Reich, who worked under Peterson, averaged 25 points a game with this system. If the Bears can average 25 points a game, they're going to win a lot of games. The Bears average giving up only 18 points a game. So that's why I don't want this system to go away. I want Maggie uh, Nagy to succeed. I want this system to succeed. So here's where it gets really difficult for me. If the system succeeds, and Nagy succeeds, and the team succeeds, that means that we still have Ryan Pace. He does some things well, but drafting first-round talent isn't one of them so far. And that's a key problem. Let's take a look back at some of the things that have happened. In 2015, he drafted Kevin White in the first round and Hironis Grassu center in the third round. Well, White was a bust. He started out with injuries and just never panned out. And they had to sign several free agents over the years to replace him. They finally got Robinson, and a whole other story about the problems re-signing him, but they had to make multiple free agent signings to replace him. Ronis Grassu was supposed to come in and be the center for the future. Well, that failed, so they had to go back to the draft and invest more draft capital. They end up with Cody White here, who's turning into a good player. But again, they had to double spend to fix one position. Moving forward to 2016, they draft Leonard Floyd in the first round. He's still in the league, but he's never been that elite pass rusher that he was drafted to be. Because of that, the Bears had to go out and trade two first-round picks to get Khalil Mack, as well as a third, I think, and pay him a lot of money. So then, great, we've got Khalil Mack. Let's move Floyd over to the right side. He should get a lot of opportunities with Mack taking up all the double teams. Well, he did get a lot of opportunities, but he didn't take advantage. So the Bears had to go to free agency again and sign Robert Quinn to replace him. So to replace this one player, it cost them three first-round picks, the pick that they spent on him, the two picks that they spent on Mac, a third-round pick, a big deal money-wise to re-sign Mac, and a big deal financially to sign Robert Quinn. 
That's seven times they had to spend to fix one position. And now let's pick it up in the 2017, where in the first round they picked Mitch Trubisky, and in the second round they picked Adam Shaheen. Well, Trubisky just got benched, right? And then even when they did draft him that year, they went out and signed Mike Glennon to a large money deal uh, to essentially be the guy that held the spot for Mitch until he was ready. Glennon stunk up the place and was replaced within a few games. So Mitch is now the starter, four games into his rookie year with no support system around him. And you wonder why he failed, but he did. And because he was failing, you had to go out and sign uh, and, and trade for Nick Foles. You gave up a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles, and you had to guarantee pay all his guaranteed salary. So to replace this one player, you spent a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and don't forget that they traded up, right? So I believe there was a third-round pick in that trade-up. So a first, a third, a fourth, and a lot of money for two players. So you spent five times to get this position. Maybe right. We don't know yet. Nick Foles had one good quarter. we got to see if he could even finish the season as the starter. So just a history of having to go back to the well over and over and over again to fix one position. So that's where I really struggle emotionally with this team. Now, I do applaud Pace in one regard. He's willing to see that these problems aren't solved, and he's willing to go back to the well over and over to solve them. A lot of GMs won't do that. They'll stick with the guy that they drafted, and you know they'll ride it out to the very end thinking that he's magically going to become the guy four years into his career when he's never shown that he could be the guy the first three years of that career. But if this is going to work, if Foles is going to be the guy and he proves it and the system stays, the coaches stay, the GM stays, the GM has to get better at drafting. We finally get a first-round pick again next year. It has to be a guy that really can come in and contribute and be a star in this league for the Bears, not for somebody else. So as much as I want this to work, I'm terrified that it's going to work because I worry so much about how the draft is going to be mismanaged going forward and how many times we're going to have to respend over and over to solve a problem at one position. If we hadn't had to do that, over and over, right? We could have used that money to sign other free agents, use those draft picks to pick other guys that we could have a solid team all around and not be in this ever-changing thing every year where, you know, you come in with all these hopes and for whatever reason, one guy doesn't perform and the whole thing falls apart. We can't have this anymore. I'm just sick and tired of that. So I need it all to work out. I hope you guys feel the same. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again later this week when we preview the matchup against the Colts. It's going to be interesting. The Bears defense sees this offense every day in practice. So it should be a good matchup. Talk to you later. Bye.